0: Hey, good morning. morning. As uh, we are taking this opportunity to give our offering back to God, just want to also just uh, talk a little bit about this summer. Uh, We have had a lot of students here from Christ Church go to church camp and conferences. And last night at about ten o'clock, we had two hundred and forty-five students, high school students and youth coaches, pull out of here in five charter buses last night, headed to Holland, uh, Michigan, and. They are just about there uh, from Texas got a little while ago, and I'm guessing with 12 to 13 hours in that bus, they smell good in there. (laughs) So a couple interesting things, though, I saw last night. You saw some parents hugging their child and and crying and sobbing and walking away and trying to wipe the tears away as they walk out. I saw other parents skipping as they were going to the car. You know, there's just total difference there. So one family, they said, we've never had all three kids gone at the same time. They're like, they can stay <laughs> as long as they want. So they were pretty excited about that. Uh, but just this week, uh, just want us to take a moment here in a second. We're going we're gonna to pray for uh, all those students that are gone this week. And uh, just curious, if you have someone that is on one of those buses related to you or a family member, uh, they're just want just curious to see who all we have out here this week. We're gonna be praying for you, and uh, and let's just take a moment though also just to remember that not all students got to go this week. So praying that maybe they're not with all their youth group this week uh, that normally are getting to be a part of the student ministry here. That uh, God speaks to them this week as well. We're gonna be praying for them also. Um, I was a youth minister for about 13 years, and I just had gotten to the point in youth ministry where I just my prayer changed completely when we go to camps and conferences and it was that for the students that needed to go that God would send them and that's uh, who needed to be there were there and that uh, the sermons that were being preached and the music that was being uh, sung would would speak to each student in in a powerful way and just for our youth coaches to be able just to invest and recognize who needed someone just to talk to and be able to relate to them and uh And that's been my prayer for the past three or four weeks as this group has been preparing to leave, to go to Holland, Michigan for MOVE uh, conference uh, when they left last night, just seeing different students coming on the bus. And everybody has a story, and everybody has a journey. And just uh, pray for that. So let's take a moment before we get going in the message this morning. Let's just pray for our students that are there and also those that may not be able to to have gone this week. Let's just take a moment just to pray for them. God, uh, again, we thank you for our Savior. And and God, as as we have um, five charter buses of of students and sponsors uh, arriving uh, here just within the next hour uh, to the campus at Holland, Michigan, God, just pray for those students and those youth coaches that that are there. Uh, God, just for the students that, that they... Um, get away from all the distractions of of the week and just focus on hearing your teaching. And and God, whether it's the first time they've ever heard your name being preached because they're there because a friend invited them or they're someone that's just been struggling with who you are, I just pray that you are revealed to them this week. And God, for some of our students who have been faithful every day in their walk with you, just pray that this is a time of encouragement for them and just to be able to uh, deepen... In uh, their love and devotion for you. God, for our youth coaches, just give them the wisdom to recognize what's going on with the students there, uh, to be able to uh, to speak truth to them. God, just pray that they are, that you put scripture on their heart that they can give to the students uh, when they're talking about maybe issues that are going on in their lives. And God, we, we do have students that weren't able to go this week, and God, I'm just praying for them this, uh, this week as well that, uh, that, that you speak to them, uh, even though that they know a lot of their uh, friends or, or maybe off at a conference and they couldn't be there. God, just, just speak to them this week. Let them also have a uh, renewed uh, joy of you and that you uh, just lead them to where you want them to go as well. Again, we thank you for our Savior, and we thank you for this time together. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. This morning, uh, as we continue on in the sermon series, Building Hope, and this morning we're talking about submission brings he- uh, healing, I just ask that you go ahead and open your Bible to First Peter chapter 2 verse 11 so if you have your bible or if you have a an app on your phone that you like to look at scripture i just ask that you go ahead and go to that now first peter chapter 2 starting with verse 11 as we start this off just want to just uh just to be reminded of a of a couple things in in the book of first peter um peter wrote this letter as an encouragement uh it was kind of a pastoral uh letter he's he's encouraging and and uh just letting the, the Christians uh, that he's writing to, j- just for them to remember that even though that they are going through trials and they can be easily discouraged of, of all the hardships that they're going through, um, th- that their suffering and their loyalty is for the sake of Christ. And even though the, the things on this earth that they're going through are hard, uh, eternity is coming for them. And it's just a great reminder of, of that for them. And even though that they are in the midst of a lot of discouragements um, that they can find joy through Christ. So as as we read this letter, uh, continue reading this letter today, uh, just be thinking about that. Also, uh, Christians of that day, they stuck out. They did not look like the world. They looked different. They were, were respectful. Um, they were servants. They were helpful to people, and they looked, and they looked different than the world. And... Uh, uh, Peter's going to talk about that in a moment. I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever stuck out in a crowd. Uh, as, as we say, uh, back home in the South, you know, it says, well, they suck out uh, like a sore thumb. And uh, I don't know if you ever stuck out in a crowd. I don't know if you ever felt like you looked different than everybody else that, that was around you. Uh, my grandma, my mom's mom, was, uh, was born and raised in Germany. And my grandpa met her during World War II over in Germany. And, and they began to date, and, and they later married, and she moved to the United States. And even though she could speak English very well, um, she had a thick sermon you know german accent and the thing i always thought was funny is is that people would tell you know living in the, in the in the south living in louisiana people would would walk up to her and say you got an accent which i always thought that was funny that they were telling my grandma that she had an accent because they did too. They just didn't recognize it, whatever. But when we go to the, to the grocery store with her or, or or anything, when she would talk, even though she'd been in the states for a number of years, she still had an accent. And they would they say, "You're not from around here, are you?" You know. Well, you're quick, you know. And so, so, so uh, they, you know. But but she stood out sometimes. Uh, when she got aggravated with my grandpa, uh, the accent got a little thicker at times. That was that was uh, my my you know. My job was not to have the accent come at me. I would try to diffuse that to Pawpaw. So that's the way that that worked. So, but, but, but she stood out. When I was in college at Louisiana Tech, um, uh, my parents didn't take me to college. When I graduated high school, I went there myself. And, and uh, so uh, part of my junior year, my transmission went out in my truck. And I called my parents and I said, hey, the transmission went out in my truck. My dad was a mechanic, had a mechanic shop. And he said, uh, me and one of his friends just said, we'll get a trailer and we'll come up here tomorrow and we'll get your truck. We'll take it back, uh, here to fix it. And we'll bring it back to you. So, okay. So he said, we'll just call you when we get close to, uh, to the campus. This was back before the days of, of cell phones. So they, they called it at a convenience store. And I just told them we're on campus of where it was. And I said, be sure to watch all the signs and know where you're going. So as I was walking out in, uh, out of the dorm going to the, uh, um, out to the parking lot where where, where the truck was, I had some friends out there in the parking lot, and they said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, my, my dad and his friends are are coming to to uh, uh, get my truck and i 'm just going to walk out here and and wait for them and also uh, see what they do and they said, "What do you mean what they do and i said well it 's first time Dave 's ever been on the campus he 's going to do something i 'm telling you that right now so so they 're driving down the main part of, of of tech campus called tech drive and uh, You know, every campus has international students, students from other countries that that come. And every campus on colleges has uh, pedestrian crossings, right? And uh, so I see about 25 or 30 international students walking across this pedestrian crossing. And all of a sudden, I hear horns blowing, and I hear the international students yelling. I hear two men in a pickup truck yelling at the international students to get out of the way. Because my dad and his friend drove right through the pedestrian crossing and about took out about 25 international students right there on the, on the spot. We almost had a crisis right there on campus. So they finally pulled into the, into the campus there or to the dorm parking lot. And Daddy gets out of the truck, and he's like, What are they doing walking across the road? And I said, well, they were on a pedestrian crossing." And he's like, well, man, they need to warn you about that because you could kill somebody. And I said, well, those stripes across the road there with the lines through it that they were walking on? He's like, yeah. I, goes, I said, that was the pedestrian cross. Like, well, they need to warn you. I said, well, that would be the flashing yellow lights above, <laughs> above the crossing there. He goes, oh, is that what those are for? And I was like, yes, sir. He goes, huh, I'll know that next time. So anyway... Anytime, and I went over and apologized to those international students, and anytime I saw them on campus, they got far away from me. They wouldn't even, they're like, Your dad tried to take us out. You know, they're, they're watching me. So, anyway, but. You know, but he he stood out. He he had never had been on the campus before, and it was obvious that he had never been on college campus before. And and he stood out just like my grandma stood out when she would go somewhere and, and talk because she didn't talk like them, and and she looked different in that way because of the way that she talked. So, uh, first in First Peter chapter two verse eleven, Peter is going to let the uh, let the Christians know that he's writing this to to know that guess what you're not going to look like the world, and it's okay. So if you take a moment and look at verse eleven. 11, chapter 2. It says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that through uh, though they accuse you of wrongdoing, uh, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Right off the bat, we see that, that Peter is saying, "I urge you, as aliens and strangers in this world." What he was letting them know, and what he was reminding them of, uh, the phrase "alien strangers" basically means this: that that they it lets you know of their status in in where they were living in the town where they were. Okay, they were low. Okay, they had a very low status in the world. They they were not seen in in high regard, and and because of that they were basically, some, and in some areas, they were the lowest of the low because some slaves were seen in higher regard than even the, uh, the aliens or, or the strangers. And, and the reality is, is that as foreigners, they even, uh, sometimes they lacked certain rights and privileges. And sometimes even certain slaves had had rights and privileges that the foreigners didn 't have depend on on who their master was and, and how he was seen uh, in the social society of that of, of where they lived. even the, the slaves might have been seen as in better regard and, and more uh, and, and seen in a higher level of, of social status there. so here we see that Peter is pointing out to them and saying you're going to look like aliens and strangers. You, you are low on the totem pole, okay? You are, you are not you're not high on that, okay? You're you're not. And that's the way that it's going to be, but that's okay because he reminds them. He says he says again in verse 12 he says, "Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us." He's wanting to point that out. And he's saying, it's okay. You're low, and that's all right. That's the way it's going to be. Because he wanted them uh, just to to be reminded of that. And the thing I love about this, as Peter is is writing this letter of being pastoral to them, and he's encouraging them about being faithful in their walk with God, because it is going to be tough for them. He's reminding them of this. And and Peter was someone that had setbacks. The night that Jesus was arrested before he was uh, to be crucified... Uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, you will disown me three times, and he did. So Peter had those moments of being low in his his walk of Christ, not being bold in his faith at all. He had those moments, and here he's come through that, and he's encouraging these others to be faithful to Christ even when it hurts. Even when you're going through suffering, even when you're going through trials, it's okay. So as we talk about this and we continue reading on, I want us to look at a couple of things here. Just think about this as we read the next passage that we're talking about. Submission brings healing, okay? Be thinking about that as we read this and, and, and see where these verses uh, relate in our own lives. So, so uh, Peter is going to point out, starting in verse 13, about why they should be submissive, okay? Why they should be submissive. Look at verse 13. It says, submit uh, yourselves, uh, for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men whether the king as a supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to, and to uh, commend those who do right for it is God's will that you are doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men and look he says in verse 16, he says live as free men, do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil live as servants of God Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. He's, he's challenging them of how they to live their life. They are foreigners. They are strangers. They're going to look different. And he's wanting them to be respectful of the authority. And look what he says in verse 18. He says, Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. Not only those uh, who, are, who, are, who are good and, and considerate, but also those who are harsh. Because... Slave owners weren't all the same; some were were good slave owners and and took care of their people. Others were were worse and were and were harsh. But they were supposed to be respectful, and and he's pointing that out here. Look at verse nineteen, because he says, "For it is commendable if a man bears up of the pain of, of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God." But how is it? Uh, to your credit, if you receive a beating for wrongdoing, endure it. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Verse 21 says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving, leaving you an example that you should, should follow his steps. In verse 22 he says, He committed no sin. He's talking about Jesus here. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted them to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree so that we might die to the sins and live for righteousness by his wounds that you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So as we look at this passage There's three things that we can gain from this. And we talk about submission leads to healing. And it brings healing in our life. And it brings healing to others around us. But the first thing that has to happen is, as you look on your notes there, is the word submission. What's your motivation? What's your motivation? Why do you do what you do? Who do you submit to? Do you, do you submit to the authorities that are placed on this earth and live in a way that, that you show Christ wherever you go? What's your motivation? Is, is Christ the living, driving force in your life wherever you go and whatever you do? Who do you submit to? We all submit to something. All of us do. So what's your motivation? Why do you do what you do? Maybe you, you decided that you're going to be a, an alien or a stranger t- in, in where you live, and you're going to look different than the world. And Peter is challenging us that when we do that, we, that we do that for the sake of showing Christ, not for the sake of making others feel small or not for the sake of building us up, but for showing Christ. So what's your motivation? Why do you do what you do? What's your driving force? That's the first thing here that we see because Peter is challenging them that, that you be submissive to the authorities. And he's pointing out to the slaves and say, you be respectful and considerate even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. You show them Jesus when, you, when they have no right to ever see who Jesus is by the world's standards, but you show them Christ. And sometimes it's going to be painful, and sometimes it's going it's, it's to hurt, but this earth is temporary. But eternity with him will be far greater than anything that we ever have to deal with on earth and worth it every single time. So the first question for us when we look at this passage is submission. What's your motivation? What's your motivation? Do you forgive because you know it's what God wants you to do is to forgive others? Do you show kindness and generosity because you know that's what Christ wants you to do? What's your motivation? The second thing that we can get from this as we read this passage and can be challenged by this is is the word commitment. What do you die to? What do you die to? Do you die to self? Because see, what was happening in the day that Peter's writing this letter is is that they were falling in love with who Jesus was and wanting to follow him completely. And by doing that, they were going to do things that's... They, that made them stand out. But the only way they could do that and stay faithful in, in the trials and all the things they were going through was because they, because they died to self. They died to self and they followed Christ. Because one of the things that we can see in this passage here and the reality is, is that Jesus gives dignity to, to their suffering. He says it's worth it. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. But it's worth it. And Peter is constantly reminding them of this. Remember, we're talking about that it's given hope. Mark Christian said in the first week of the sermon series, he says, biblical hope is this. It's confident expectations. Confident expectations. If I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus came on this earth and he died for me, and he rose again from the dead to show me that, that nothing has power over him, and I believe that completely, why would I have a problem with submitting to others? and being respectful to those around me? Why would I have a problem for my motivation to be uh, showing Christ to whoever c- comes around me by that commitment? You know, why would, I have a tr- why would I have trouble with that if I truly believe that? And the third thing that we see from this passage, as you see on your notes, is the word healing. Healing. What are you thankful for? It's a question I want you to think right now. If you are a believer in Christ and you, you've given your life to Christ, what are you thankful for? Because Peter is being, uh, not only is he being encouraged, he's reminding them of, of some things. You know, he's reminding them, as it says in verse 21, it says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should, also, should follow in his steps. In verse 22, he says, He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. In verse 23, it says, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He bore himself. He bore our sins in his body on a tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed we've been healed when we give our life to christ we have been healed and He says for you were like sheep going astray but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul so here's the thing i want to think about that when you submit to christ and you follow him completely it means you're going to let him be Lord over everything in your life. You're going to do things differently. When you continue, when you submit to him, you're giving him commit, commitment in all areas. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to have healing. But the part I love about this passage is, is the healing isn't just for those he's writing the letter to. Healing, healing is also going to happen to the people that are around these Christians that are going to discover Jesus for the first time. And that's and That's powerful. Because people are going to be able to start to have hope. And that's why we talk about being submissive to Christ. Brings healing. Uh, When we lived in uh, St. James, Missouri, there were a couple things I learned there. It was the first time my wife and I moved there. in 1997, we were there for about three and a half years, part of a church there. And uh, it, was, it was my first time to live out of the South and, and, to, and to live in the Midwest. One of the things I learned, in, in, in the South, when you meet somebody for the first time and you see them again on the street or in the store, you act like you've known them forever. You just go up to them and you talk to them. Uh, in the Midwest, you don't do that because you scare people. Trust me, it took me a couple of years to figure that out. So, you know, you'd, I'd meet somebody for the first time, see them again, say, hey, how you doing? They're going, do I know you? Like, oh, we met last week. Oh, okay. So there was just a difference there. And so it was my first time to really kind of uh, feel like, where, God, where are you taking me to? They don't fry anything around here, and they serve macaroni and stewed tomatoes. What is that? You know, <laughs> I'm looking at this. Well, what is that? And, and, uh, but, the, but, but one of the greatest memories I have of, of living there. Uh, in 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 St James is is that got a call from a guy that wanted to come to church and be baptized and senior minister went and got him and and uh, and I've told the story before in our uh, membership class but this guy came to church and he had done a lot of bad stuff in his life and he had a past and he was coming off of addictions and a lot of issues that he had and. Um, they sat down together for about four hours just going through Scripture. And this guy had been up four days reading the Bible, and, and, and he had discovered that he needed to be baptized and, and, and give his life to Jesus. And he was wanting to meet with the preacher and talk about that. And they were going through Scripture, and I could hear them. They were in the office next door to me. I could hear them in there laughing at times. I could hear them in there both crying together at times. But just hearing them going through the Word of Christ and this guy being encouraged and being challenged and dealing with forgiveness— and dealing with some issues that he had going on and, and how he was going to handle some things and understanding that he does have a past and he has hurt a lot of people but to be patient and love them unconditionally and, and hopefully they'll be able to have uh, moments you know, in those relationships even though they're strained to, to let there be healing there so after about four hours or so they, they went down to the baptistry uh, in, the, in the church there to be baptized and in and, and the baptistry there uh, at at the church, it was like a small swim pool. You know, uh, whenever the person that was baptizing, if it was on Sunday morning, you'd get in there with waders on, and uh, you would get down in there, and they would get in there. It's about four feet of water, and uh, so the senior minister stopped by and said, "Hey, we're going down there to the uh, baptistry Street. You want to come with us?" I said, "Absolutely." So I went down there and was standing there up up at the top of the Bab Street, and I'm, and I'm looking down and. And the guy gets in the water, and the senior minister's there with him, and you know he's getting to the moment where he puts his hand over his nose there and his, his hand here to lower him under the water and you know say, I, um, I baptize you in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And As he's saying this, this guy pushes away from the senior minister, and his head just begins to bob in the water so he just says it again I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and he he takes his hand and he pushes that guy on top of the head and the guy goes down to the bottom of the baptistry and just lays down there flat and he stays down there on the bottom of the baptistry that was probably only about 15 seconds I'm looking down the baptistry and thinking I've never seen anybody die in the baptistry before (laughs) the senior minister looks up at me and I'm like man I got nothing you know good luck, and, and the guy, and, and, we're, and we're watching this guy, and he stays down there for probably about 15 seconds or so, and when he comes out of the water, he is celebrating, and he, and he looked at the senior minister, and he said, there is so much bad stuff I have done in my life, I wanted to make sure that it all was washed away, and that's healing, that's healing, amen, absolutely, he got it. He got it, and he did not, not, you know, probably three days before that, he had never been in church, but he just got a Bible and he started reading it. And he realized that he needed Jesus, and he needed that healing, and, and he got it. Maybe sometimes even better than I understand it at times. But to watch him come out of that water, and at that moment, he was free. And he began to tell others about who Jesus was. So what we see today from this passage is, is that whenever we submit to God and we give everything over to Him, and our commitment is to Him more than anything else, and we get to experience that healing when we give our life to Christ, we can't help but share it with the people around us. We're going to look different than the world. We're going to begin to pray for people that we six months before we might have hated their guts, praying that they find Jesus we're beginning to have concern and compassion for people that it doesn't make sense of why we care for them now. It's because we want them to have that healing. And it's okay if we look different than the world. It's okay if it doesn't make sense and we look like foreigners in, in a land. It's okay because it's worth it. Because when we submit to God completely, it brings healing in our lives and we get to share that healing with others and they get to experience heaven also and get to see that. We're about to take a moment to pray together and we're going to sing songs together. Just sing some more praises to him. And I, and I love how Mel told the story uh, about the lady that found healing as well. What peace that she must have gotten for the first time that she had seeked everything else but finally found that peace. And that's the peace that we have when we give our life to Christ. So, the, uh, this morning as we sing together, just I just pray, going to pray for you and just just challenge you. Are you submissive? What's your motivation? And have you experienced the healing? If you have experienced the healing, who are you showing that? Who you, who are you showing that to? So they can experience that healing. Just be thinking about that. Will you stand with me, please, and let's pray together? God, I thank you for loveness. I thank you for our Savior. I thank you for uh, this opportunity just to open up your word and just to be challenged by your word. God, I just pray that we're bold in our faith for you and that we live our lives in a way that it might not make sense to everyone around us, but they see you through our actions. And that our motivation is nothing more than to show them who you are, not to bring, not to bring personal gain upon ourselves, but to show you. I thank you for loving us. I'm thankful for the cross thankful that you took our sins and you bore them on that tree. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.